Good evening to you. Good evening. Good evening. If it is Tuesday, it is yet another opportunity to get powered up for the week ahead. Welcome to Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone right here on TDN Radio. I always look forward each and every Tuesday to being here with you as we get powered up and energized for the week ahead. And so today we are back. We are back for another episode of of our power-up session together with Untapped Potential. And this is yet another opportunity to remind ourselves of the important life goals that we have set for ourselves and how can we work on being consistent with those life goals. So that is what this program is all about. It is all about uh, tips for staying consistent with your life goals and just a reminder that we have goals that we are working on and what can we do today, this week, this month to remain consistent with those life goals? So I'm so happy that you're joining me right here on TDN Radio for another episode of Untapped Potential. Uh, We're looking forward to having a great program with you uh, today, Tuesday, November 8th. And speaking of November 8th, in terms of being grateful, as we always start the program off on a note of gratitude, I am grateful that yesterday, Monday, November 7th, was my 13th wedding anniversary. So very grateful to have a wonderful husband, Dr. Paul Matthew, as my partner. We've been together now for 17 years. Wow, that's a whole lifetime. (laughs) So it has been 17 years of growing together. As you know, nothing grows in sunshine only. So yes, you can always expect to have challenges when you're growing in a relationship. But all in all, it has been a fantastic 17 years of togetherness. So I am grateful to have uh, yesterday, November 7th, as our 13th wedding anniversary. So what are you grateful for this week? What are you grateful for today? And as we always say on this program, if you woke up this morning, uh, you have life today, then that is a great place to get started with regards to being grateful. So we have another packed program for you today. Uh, today, our interview is going to be our pre-recorded interview that we had with Father Albert Smith out of St. Lucia. Um, as you know, Father Albert Smith has taken social media by storm with his preaching, with his energizing preaching, his no holes barred um, approach to preaching, and just being able to engage thousands and thousands 
thousands of people in St. Lucia, outside of St. Lucia, and in the world in general. So we were very grateful that during his time in Dominica, he made some time to stop by Push Past 10 on Facebook and YouTube Live to give us an interview and just to talk to us about the importance of not uh, turning our, our backs on God, not turning our backs away from God, just remaining in faith despite all the tragedies and the challenges that we see in the world around us. So I truly enjoyed speaking with Father Albert. Um, he stopped by maybe about a month ago. So what you will hear is the pre-recorded interview with Father Albert, a portion of the interview and you already know for the entire interview you can jump on our YouTube channel which is PUSHPAST10 push past 10 on our YouTube channel for the entire Facebook live interview and also for the other interviews that we have done um, since Push Past 10 has been in, been in existence for about two years now. So again, great to be here with you for another episode of Untapped Potential. Uh, we always like to get the program started off with some great music. And today we're going to enjoy this one from Alain and it is called You Give Me Hope. So enjoy this number from Alain, You Give Me Hope, and then come back and stay with us for our interview as well as our tip of the week and our featured video over at Push Past 10. So stay tuned. Yo 
information, come on in, check in, post a message. Let us know that you are here, Simone here, and I hope that you are having a great week. I hope your week is going very well. Are you having a productive week? You are having an enjoyable week. So we are back. As you know, this is our number one platform for promoting and celebrating everything Dominica, everything Caribbean. And we are honored today to be joined by Father Albert. So many of us know Father Albert from St. Lucia. No holds barred. Tell it as it is. Father Albert is here with us, so we are truly honored that he's joining us. As many of you know, he is here in Dominica. I say here in Dominica because I'm always in Dominica in my heart, right? <laughs> so he's in Dominica for the nine-day novena at Fatima Church in Newtown. So he has made some time to engage with us because, you know, we spend so much time watching Father Albert on the internet, on social media. It is great to have an opportunity just to be able to engage with him and just get his views on, ver on some very important and relevant topics to our lives. So without any further ado, let us welcome Father Albert to the program. Good morning, Father. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Dominica. Good morning to the world and whoever may be listening to us. I am doing well. I am doing well. Thank God. Yes, yes. And thank you so much for making some time. I know you have an incredible schedule in Dominica. You must be, be pulled in a million directions, but you made some time to be here with us. So thank you for that. You are very welcome. Always, yes. I always try to make some time, you know, to spread God's love, you yes. know, um, far and wide. Yes, and it is so important in this day and age just to be able to spread love and hope and inspiration, right? Exactly. Yes, exactly. yes. So as we get the program off and going, I see a number of people have already flocked to the Facebook Live, so we are happy to have them joining. I see my mom, Medina Senhouse says, good morning, DA Rose, listening. Elizabeth Thomas never lets us down. She's all the way in Massachusetts. And she mm. says, let the blessings flow. Looking amen, forward amen. to hearing from Father Albert. And we are looking forward to hearing from you, Father. So just by way of introduction, just tell us who you are, your life before the priesthood, and just some general information so we can get to know you better. Okay, so... Um... I'm a young priest. I'm six years a priest now, and um, I've been working in, in, in a parish as an assistant parish priest. You know, um, love preaching. That is one of my passions. You know, I really, really love preaching. Before priesthood, I worked with, you know, the then St. Lucia Banana Girls Association for a number of years, you know, um, and thereafter I left off to study. I, I joined a religious congregation called the Dominicans or Order of Preachers, and I basically joined them because of their dynamism when it came to preaching. And I still have that love for preaching. You know, so I went off to join them and spent a number of years. And then I left them after that and became a diocesan priest. But even before my ordination, I worked at various institutions. I worked with the National Research and Development Foundation as um, a, a, a research person, you know, and, and promoting long distance education. I also worked with, you know, um, the Ministry of Tourism at home you know, on, special, on a special project funded by the European Union where I have a love for marketing. So I did study business management. So there's a slant. My first love is business management, you know, and so I even bring this aspect of, of my life into priesthood, you know. Um, but this is who I am, free-spirited, love the Lord. I am not perfect. I sin like everybody else. 
you know, but I endeavor, I try to live a good life as much as possible, basically bringing others to experience God's love and treating people well. I may not always be successful at it, but that is my goal. Yes, and just tell us, when did you first hear the calling to become a priest, Father? I think that came at a very tender age. I think I remember at eight, you know, one on at my first communion, you know, I said, you know, I like, I would like to be like this person. I did not know anything about priesthood, you know, and the idea came, it remained, it went away, it came back, you know, until, you know, my cousin invited me to a retreat, you know, she too was discerning her vocation, you know, as a religious sister. And, you know, she invited me to a retreat and, um, you know, that was the beginning. So you met persons with the common common sense that, you know, we think that God is calling us in this direction. You know, some have um, 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 succeeded, some have failed, some have decided that that was not for them. You know, those kind of things. And even after I started, I took a one-year break. Um, that one year added up to 10 years. So I was out in the wilderness for 10 years. I lived my life. You know, I, I, I went to parties. I went to the feds. I enjoyed myself. I was very, very much involved in church. That always that has always been part of my life, my involvement in church, you know, and that, that helped me to, to refine and to can, kind of consolidate that that is what God is truly calling me to. So here I am. Yes, thank you for sharing that. Now, Father, you have taken a quite a different approach to the priesthood. I don't think we had seen the dynamism that you've brought to the priesthood before. I mean, we do have passionate priests in Dominica. I mean, Father John Lewis instantly comes to mind, and right. he's a no-holds-barred priest as well. My favorite priest, actually, Father Elvio comes to mind as mm -hmm, well. Mm -hmm. But we saw you take social media by storm. I'm talking about to the point where I have seen clips of your videos featured by U.S. citizens, by, by various influencers right. here in the U.S. So you have gone viral, Father. So was it your intention to take social media by storm? Did you intentionally plan this? There was never, there was never an intention. My thing is, you know, if we are going to preach the gospel, we need to preach it in and out of um, season. And we need to do it well. Right. You know, my thing is, you know, Sometimes the gospel is about not, not wanting to hear the things that, that are to be said. And if we look at the life of Jesus, Jesus preached, you know, even at the novena last night, the gospel that was used, you know, was about, you know, Jesus calling people, the scribes and the Pharisees, you know, and those kind of things. And the, the, the Pharisees, they take their places at, 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 at places of importance. They take their seats, rather, at places of importance you know, at functions and those kind of things, you know. And then the lawyers jumped in and said, but, you know, when you speak like that, you offend us as well. And Jesus said, but you two are part of it. And all of us, you know, when we look at our life today, all of us, we behave in that the way that Jesus condemned in one way or another. Whether we are priests, whether we are bishops, whether we are prime ministers, whether we are ministers of government, whether we are CEOs, whatever sphere of life that we are in there are times we behave in ways that are unchristian i am somebody who stands for justice i hate seeing injustice you know so for me the the, the the social teachings of the church really really comes out to me you know wages of workers 
treating workers well. These are things we do not hear many priests speak, speaks about, speak about. Mm -hmm. But these are teachings of the church that are there for everybody to, to, to see. So, so, so for, for some of us, we are afraid of, 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 of delving into sensitive issues. But if we do our research that the church has provided us with the position on certain things, and on many things, if not everything, if not everything, we can therefore use the church's teachings as a background for our preaching. And that's what I do. That is what I do. Some people are un uncomfortable with it because I call them out. But I don't only call people sitting in the pew. I call out priests as well. I call out religious leaders. I call out, you know, nuns as well. Because for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Amen. And, you know, my thing is that I take seriously my preaching because I believe that when I was ordained a priest, that one of my major responsibilities was preaching the word of God. And if I do not do it, I will be held responsible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, thank you, Father. Thank you for that. And you literally mean calling out people because I looked at your um, Father's Day um, church service in St. Lucia and you were calling people. You said, Joe, this one and Joe, that one. You said you were going to be in church today. And where are you? So you name folks to, to I name folks, out. and these were my friends. I have a relationship with these people. You know, one of them literally got to the church within seconds of his name being mentioned. So it you works. Know? No, it's true. It works because you see, the thing is, we've lost the sense of sin. You know, when we were growing up, we made time for church. Yes. And we were better men and women thereafter. What has happened to us, you know, and I often say, you know, look at most of our, our churches uh, within the reach of people. Eh? Mm -hmm. what, look at the church in Newtown. This church is right here. The cathedral is probably five minutes yep. walk away. Why are people not at church? Mm -hmm. Why are people not at church? And that is a question we need to ask ourselves because more and more we may find, you know, our churches are being empty. But why? Mm -hmm. I think one of our greatest downfall, you know, is the, the way we treat each other. You know, we treat each other as less than, we treat each other as commodity. But, you know, the same love that Christ has given to us, the same love that has been shown to us by Christ, when we don't even deserve that love, mm -hmm. we have a responsibility to treat others the very same way. Yes, Whether absolutely. Whether it is at work, whether it is wherever it may be. You know, you have so many Catholics in key positions within our society, both in Dominica and St. Lucia and within the Caribbean. But do they take the Christianity to their workplaces? I don't think so. Absolutely. Some may, but some may not. Mm -hmm. The majority do not, mm -hmm. you know, and that needs to be challenged. Right. Yeah, and the other thing is, I think COVID-19 kind of catapulted you to the spotlight because, you know, that is when we used um, social media more. A lot of the churches went online. But just kind of tell us, what has been the response to your approach to the priesthood, both by the leaders of the church as well as the congregation? Do some people say it is too much? Some people say it is too much. Mm -hmm. Majority of persons can't have enough of me. Mm -hmm. And I'm, that is not beating my drums. I mean... When, 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 when I preach, when I walk the streets, you know, and interestingly, there are many non-Catholics who reach out to me. Many, many non-Catholics 
within the Caribbean region, within the U.S., you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, they said, Father, it's like a breath of fresh air. You know, we need three or four like you, you know, those kind of things. So some people who do not want to change mm -hmm. will say, oh, he's throwing words, you know, and he's attacking. You know, but if, 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 if we are serious, Jesus attacked. Jesus called people whitewashed tombs. He called them hypocrites. You know? He said, you brood of vipers. And I'm not saying that I'm going to use these words to preach at people or to preach for to, to, the, to the congregation. But, you know, are we serious about, about our Christian life? We're serious about everything else. We're serious about, we are very serious about everything else. You know, people get passionate about politics within the Caribbean region very very passionate about politics and all i am saying is that that same passion take it to our churches take it to our religion take it to our christianity and let us revolutionize our christianity let us make the world a better place because that is what christ is calling us to to make the the world a better place to treat each other with love and respect because we are all made in the image and likeness of God with the dignity of a human being. No matter who we are, no matter our lifestyle, let us treat each other with love and respect. You know, that's, that's what we are called to do. That's what we are called to do. To love God above everything else and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Yeah, and I and I want to talk some more further on why we think, you know, people have turned away from the church. We've become a more secular society, but we have to acknowledge, you know, we have a full house on the Facebook Live, so we want to thank everyone for being here. Guys, please go ahead and post a comment because chances are if you don't post a comment, I'm not going to be able to acknowledge you. So just say like Sheila just did, just say watching so I can see um, that you are with us. But Father, do you think you have influenced some of the other priests to follow your path? Because I have to tell you, you know, I'm, and I am a, a practicing Catholic, so we right. go to church every Sunday. But Father, pray for us. Pray <laughs> for us. Because the priest, and my mom is on the Facebook Live, so she can attest to this. I'm in the monotone of his voice, Father. And what has happened is we had another priest who's a little bit more dynamic come in, and he actually tried to follow suit after that priest left. Oh, so Lord. he tried to come down from the altar. You know, Father, he did it twice. And then by the third Sunday, he went back to his usual right. protocol. Right. But do you feel like you've influenced other priests to take up the role of being a little bit more energetic, a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more engaging with the congregation? I think I, think I have. However, mm -hmm. my thing is, you know, having studied business management and um, there is a slant, I did, I did a little bit of marketing, you know, and I believe that the gospel is my commodity and I need to market that gospel. Mm -hmm. And I need to use the best possible medium to market, my, to market this commodity that I have to sell. Mm -hmm. So how do, I, uh, how do I present myself? You understand? My content. I would need to do my research. I do research in preparing for my homilies. Mm -hmm. I, 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 take, I read the readings. I read various commentaries. You know, I look, at, I look at how does it relay to our everyday living, you know, and how do we apply what the gospel is saying then to now, mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, again, if you are not passionate about what you have to tell the people of God when you see them on Sunday, then so be it. 
but I always look forward to an opportunity for preaching. I always look for an opportunity to reach out to people. And I always believe that when I preach, persons should be able to live with a message, mm -hmm. something that should help them to become a better person. Because that's what we're about, mm -hmm. becoming better people in our lives, in, in, in the sense of being able to treat the other person better. I may not like you, but I have a responsibility to treat you well. Because you know what? You and I, we are both made in the in, in image and likeness of God. We are both sons and daughters of Jesus, of God, you know, with Christ as our brother. So again, it is what, 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 you, what do you have to sell? What, what is your message? What is it that you're bringing to people on any given opportunity when you have an occasion to preach? Mm -hmm. You know, I remember when I was just starting off, I think I was a deacon then, um, and I was doing, I was preaching a three-night, you know, um, 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 retreat in St. Lucia, um, you know, for the Redemptorist congregation there in their parish. And um, Peter Hill, who's Dominican, my very good friend, Father Peter Hill, he came and he sat at every presentation, you know, and I, he said nothing to me. At the end of, 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 of the retreat, he said, he calls me Smith. He said, can I have a word with you? And, you know, I, I said, sure. And I started trembling in my pants. Peter had been a priest, you know, for a few years. And I was not even a priest yet. I think I was a deacon then, you know. And, you know, he outlined and he says, you know, these are your positive points. You know, you need to build on these. And I've never forgotten that. I've never, never forgotten that, you know. And I use these as stepping stones all the time. Every time I preach, I look forward to outdoing myself. And that, that, is, that is my motive. I'm in competition with nobody but myself. Every time I preach, I am, I am looking to outdo myself. You know, and I listen. I listen to what persons have to say. What points that jump at them. You know, so I look to see what I, what I can do better, whether, what I need to craft better, and those kind of things. That is how I do it. Right, so it's a learning process even while you are preaching. That's correct. Absolutely. That is correct. Absolutely. And, and you know, we know that the, the church is steeped in tradition, of course. But I think what you've shown us is how do you take tradition and bring it into the modern era? So do you think that social media has an important role to play in religion? I think we are not, we are not embracing social media enough. The mm -hmm. thing is, you know, most persons or rather many persons, they use social media as a negative tool. I yep. see social media as a positive tool. You understand? I see social media as a positive tool. I tell anybody, go onto my Facebook page and, you know, what you would see, positive messages, encouraging messages, you know, and, and are we using social media for that? Mm -hmm. You know, are we, how are we using social media as a tool for evangelization. Some of my brother priests, they are afraid of using social media. Some of them don't even have a Facebook page. Why are they afraid of social media? I don't know, I don't know. They, they're just afraid of social media, I guess, and they have not embraced it. And again, we are all at different stages in our mm -hmm. lives. Mm -hmm. You know, some people are not into technology. Some people are afraid, you know, because people put all kinds of things on social media about you, mm -hmm. you understand? I've gotten my fair share on social media, people blasting me and people saying this and that.
but I know who I am. Mm -hmm. I know who I am. I know I am a priest. However, I am not perfect. And I don't portray myself to be perfect. I am struggling to attain salvation like anybody else. You know, so I have work to do on me. I have, I have rough edges as well that need some papering. And I know that, you know, but I present you, I present, I present the world, I present, this is who I am, a priest of God, trying my best to help others realize that they too are of value. They too are of worth. They too are a prince or a princess in the kingdom of God. Because you know what? God, who is our father, he is the king. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you for that, Father. And of course, Facebook Live, we see all your comments. We are coming to you in just a little bit. So thank you for being here. I don't forget to share the live as you come in. So Father, we look around and we see the increase in crimes. We see corruption in general and just this general lack of compassion for humanity. So what are your thoughts on the world today? We've lost a sense of sin. We've lost a sense of sin. You know, when we were growing up, we had so much more respect for other people. You know, we had so much more love for other people. When you were growing up, when I was growing up out, you know, growing up, you know, my parents, you know, basically they did farming. They always shared what they had. Yep. They gave, they sent to, 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 to grain a planting for the neighbor. They sent a dashing for the neighbor. You know, they, we have become so selfish. It is me, myself, and I. Me, myself, and I. When you look at businesses, you know, and those kind of things, people are more concerned. Good Christians are more concerned about how much profit the company makes at the end of the year than taking care of its workers. It's mm -hmm. a reality. It's all around us. You know, and I tell people, you know, when I was working for, for I worked with a company for eight years, I was the shop steward. I, I was the union representative. So I know, I know what I'm speaking about. And sometimes, you know, the companies, they give their workers the minimum. That can never be right. That can never. So we've lost a sense of sin. We've lost a sense of relationship with God because everything has become so instant. We do not, many of us, we do not depend on God anymore. Hmm. You know, sometimes when I speak to my friends, you know, I say to them, you know, trust God, trust God. Where you are now is not your destiny. We, we, we serve a God that is bigger than ourselves. And he will never leave us. He promised he will never abandon us. But do we believe that? Do we trust him? So we've lost a sense of sin. You know, when, when I was growing up much younger, I would have gone out. But no matter what time I got home on this morning, the Sunday morning, my mother would see to it. I don't go to bed. You go to church because that's your responsibility. You understand? Now parents make excuses for their children for not going to church. And Father, what I've seen as well, some parents will literally take their children to Sunday school and sit in the car. So they don't go to church. They just take their kids to Sunday school and sit in the car and wait for them. Well, blessed are those who take their, 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 their kids to Sunday school and sit in the car. Some of them make excuses. Oh, Father, they, they had a long week. Oh, Father, um, you know, they had football yesterday. They had lessons. They're tired. So Sunday is the only day when they can sleep late. And these are the, these are the kind of things we hear all the time. 
I am not saying those who sit in the car is correct, mm -hmm. but we have more who do not even help the children to have a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And that is why we have so many crimes happening. That is why we have the kind of disarray in our society. That is why we have a lack of respect for, our, for the elderly, for senior people in our society. When you look at our, 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 our governments throughout the region and you follow the politics, you know, even in the House of Parliament, people say what they want to each other. Is that what, how we're training our, our young people? Is that the message that we're sending across that we can disrespect each other? Whether we have, you know, the privileges of the House or whatever, you know, we, we, we need to have a sense of respect for each other. A sense of respect. You know, people, you walk in the streets and people will tell you, pass it. So your hard-earned money, people feel they have a right to tell you, pass it. And if you kind of, you know, you, you jitter, you know, you know, they're ready to kill you. Lives are being taken now like it's, it's, there's no tomorrow. Look at the killings all over, all, all over the Caribbean. People are being murdered. Lives are being lost. Lives have become cheap, very cheap. You know, we have people talking violence openly, and sometimes our church leaders say nothing about it. You know, how, how, can, how can that be? So we need, we need, we, we've lost a sense of sin. We need to regroup. We need to regroup. And as Christians, we need to stop fighting each other. And when I say Christians, you know, when you look at various denominations, this one pulling this one down, this one pulling this one down, who are we serving? Who are we serving? You know, if we are serving that one God, if we are serving Jesus Christ, if we are serving, you know, a God that we are called to love above everything else and to love our neighbors as ourselves, why the fighting of each other? Why the destroying of other people's reputation? Why speak ill of the other person? You know, I mean, sometimes... You know, we have people speaking ill of each other, right? And um, you wonder, well, why are they saying these things about each other? Because my thing is, everyone is fighting a battle yep. that nobody else knows about it. Mm -hmm. Nobody else. Mm -hmm. You know, you may see the person on the road. You may see the person on the street. You know, they dress nice. You know, they give you a nice smile. But God alone knows what this person is going through. Mm -hmm. God alone knows what this person is going through. Mm -hmm. So how do we help others as Christian men and women? Do we truly take up our call? Mm -hmm. You know, do we truly take up our call? You know, and some people, they don't like to be challenged. They don't like to be challenged because they have $2 more than you. They have a bigger house than you. They have a nicer or more expensive car than you. You know, they can fly, you know, they can fly to various parts of the world for vacation at their whims and fancies. So they feel that they are better off than you. That's mm -hmm. not what it is about. That's not what it is about. So I guess it begs the question, Father, you know, are we seeing more and more that people are turning away from God? But before you answer that question, you know, I have to stop and acknowledge um, Emelina Emo News. She is the one who reminded me that you were in Dominica and she thought, hey, what about engaging Father Albert? And she got me your phone number and everything. So I just want to remember to acknowledge and thank Emo News for connecting us because this is such a, uh, import, an important conversation 
that we're having. And again, Facebook and YouTube, I see you, I'm coming to you. But Father, can we conclude that more and more people are turning away from God? And how do we bring them back into the fold of, of, of the church, into the fold of that Christianity? And, and I think that, you know, sometimes we have to redefine and say Christianity is simply just having that compassion for humans. I think we need to give Father a minute. In the meantime, let's go ahead and see the comments on Facebook. So good morning. Good day to Albert Douglas. Thank you for being here, God. Gloria. We're going to internet in Dominica. Yes. Always a challenge. Father, so, you're back. I think, you know, yes, I was saying I don't think people are turning away from God. You see, because I think people are searching. People are looking for a message. People are looking for a challenge. And when they do not get it, it looks like that they are pulling away from God. Mm -hmm. Let me, I mean, the number of persons who follow my homilies, my preaching, it shows that they're looking for something deeper. They're looking mm -hmm. for a challenge. They're looking for something that speaks to their situation and they don't get it. So they're just on the periphery, mm -hmm. you know. But the number of persons who religiously said they would say father i go to church you know but when i come back i have to come and listen to what you had to say i or I, I i listen to what you have to say before i even go to my own church you know this mm -hmm. kind of thing is it what are what are they getting I'm, I'm sure they're getting a message they are getting a word they are getting something that is uplifting to help them go throughout the day the week the months ahead you know mm -hmm. so i mean I, I i wouldn't say people people um People are turning away from God. I think people are thirsting, mm -hmm. but they are not getting what they're looking for. And mm -hmm. the, 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 um, the challenge is for us, church leaders, to be able to feed our people with the word of God. Mm -hmm. You see, the word of God is something alive and active. It cuts more finely than a double-edged sword. And some of us, we cannot deal with that. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you for that. And you know, the other thing I hear a lot now uh, of these days, uh, Father, is people talk about being more spiritual than religious. What are your thoughts on that? That, you know, I'm, I'm more of a spiritual being, uh, being, I don't believe in organized, quote unquote, religion. What are your thoughts on that? That's selfishness. They don't know what they're about. They really do not know what they're about. Mm -hmm. You know, you're spiritual. So um, what, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? You know, many of the, you know, when you, when you listen to people speak sometimes, and I say, I say that to people often, and you would know because of your, your, your own background, mm -hmm. sometimes when people speak with us, or rather many times when people speak with us, what they want us to know, they do not say. They skirt around the issue. They skirt around the issue, but they do not say exactly what 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 they want us to know so i tell people when i listen to you i listen to what you are not saying rather than what you are saying you understand yes i listen to rather what you're not saying you know you you're spiritual what does that mean what does that mean so you you're spiritual because you listen to gospel music every day you listen to gospel music at work but you treat other people badly you gossip about other people you do not engage in in, in acts of kindness Come on, what exactly, what exactly are you saying when you say, oh, you're more spiritual, mm -hmm. you know? So sometimes people need to, to delve into or even to listen to themselves 
as to what they are saying, what they are uttering, you know? Yeah, and, and then further, do you... Yes, go ahead. Because it says a lot. It really, really says a lot about them when they tell you, oh, I'm more spiritual than, than religious. Come on. And then the other thing that comes to mind, Father, do you think that the clergy, like I've seen you um, in social settings, do you think that the clergy needs to do more effort in terms of stepping out of the church to be able to meet people where they are and evangelize to them in social gatherings, in, you know, just find other opportunities to meet and engage with uh, the public? Um, I, I, I believe so. Jesus met people where they were. Mm -hmm. Jesus met people where they were, you know. But again, you know, probably, and I'm, I do not know, but, you know, some of our people are so critical. They know yes. everything that Father yes. should not be doing, but they do not know what they themselves should not be doing. Mm -hmm. And some of them, they want to dictate to you, oh, Father, but you should not be doing that. But who tell you I should not be doing that? You know, who tell you I should not be doing that? You know, so it, it's a double standard with some of our people. You know, I say to people, you know, in my journey to the priesthood, I lived in Grenada. I, I, my, my formation started in Grenada. Then I moved to Jamaica. Then I moved to Trinidad. After some time off, I moved to Rome for four years. I've seen it all. Mm -hmm. I've seen it all. Mm -hmm. You know, I lived, I lived, you know, in Vatican City, within, you know, the Vatican territory. That is where I lived. You understand? So I have seen it all. So who are you to tell me how I should live and how I should not live as a priest? Mm -hmm. You understand? Mm -hmm. It's almost like they're saying, be careful, Father, you might be tempted. So, you know, just stay in your corner and, you know, you won't have these temptations. That's the sense I'm getting. Yeah, but you see, people, you know, people need to understand there is nothing wrong with temptation. What is wrong is what you do with the temptation. Jesus was tempted. Jesus was, was tempted. So there is nothing wrong with temptation. It is the end result of temptation that determines what happens. Mm -hmm. You know? So people have their own sense of, of Christianity in their heads. What father should be doing and what he should not be doing. But, but who are you? Who tell you that? You understand? So there is nothing wrong with... Jesus himself was tempted. Jesus was tempted. But did he give in... To his temptation oh father you should not have a drink oh father you drink who say who says father should not have a drink and we need to change that mentality that priests should not be drinking you know priests should not smoke um cigarette come on come on i mean for europe you know many of the guys they smoke because of during winter it's a way of warming up themselves and those kind of things they have it there's nothing wrong in having a drink absolutely nothing wrong in having a drink. If anybody can point out to me what is wrong, and it is wrong to drink, to fall, to fall in drain, burst your head and those kind of things. And it is wrong right across the board for anybody, whether you are a priest or you're not a priest. But it is nothing wrong to have a drink. It is nothing wrong to go to a Calypso show. I love carnival. Me too. I love carnival. Before I was a priest, I went to every Calypso finals in St. Lucia. Since I'm back, I've not been able to go because of the days now that it is held. 
but there's nothing wrong in going to a calypso show there's nothing wrong going to panorama there's nothing wrong going to a football match there's nothing wrong going to a show with with marshall Manton. what is wrong with this mm -hmm. you know it's a false sense of christianity it's a false sense of following jesus christ it's a false sense and we need we need to stop that kind of behavior yeah, and imagine, Father, if you had only stuck with doing, quote-unquote, what a priest is supposed to do, you would not be reaching the thousands of people that you're reaching now because exactly. you would not have taken to social media exactly. because you're stuck in the box of yes. what a priest is supposed to be doing. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, back home, you know, the parish where I work, you know, I have a special relationship with the choir in the parish. Mm -hmm. you know and um, one time i moved them at the mass at the sunday mass you know and some people you know oh father shouldn't say that to the choir and this kind of things you know what did they say people need to know father and us we have our relationship mm -hmm. when we mess up father have a right to pull us up okay the choir knows that there's a time for work and there is a time for play and I do not shortchange them when it comes to play. You understand? We eat, we drink, we have fun, we play dominoes, we give jokes, we lime. We lime and we lime hard. That is us. You understand? So at the end of the day, we need to be able to get out of our box, get out of our, 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 our natural, you know, our comfort, comfort zone. And to mm -hmm. meet people where they are meet people where jesus met people where they were mm -hmm. jesus met people where they were you know i remember um one of my lecturers in trinidad says when you go to a parish the first set of people you need to befriend are the boys on the block they would be the ones to protect you i can never forget that you know but you find some people in parishes because they have two dollars more they want to buy father. They want to block father. They want to tell father, oh, father, you shouldn't be speaking to these people, you know. Oh, you shouldn't go to these people's house. Nobody will tell me whose house I should go to or whose house I should not go to. That's not your role. Exactly. Thank you so much, Father. And you know, our audience is here, so we must engage with them. We have a full house, so we must engage with them because they, they've, they've come to greet you. They've come to salute you. They've come to thank you, thank you for the incredible you. work that you're doing in terms of returning mankind to God, in terms of, you know, taking it to a different level. So let's engage with the audience before we wind down the program uh, today, Albert Douglas listening at the Chancery. Gloria says, uh, my beloved parish priest, thank you for being here, Gloria. Melissa, my beloved priest. Tina Coffey, Father wow. Albert, none like God, bless you. Alista Irish, my favorite priest of all time. Clyde mm. Gregoire, he is a very interesting personality that used his talent with vigor. And my prayer is that he keep up with challenge and do not change or compromise in any way now or in the future. Thank you guys for being here. Jen and amen, Father. Uh, let's take some folks we haven't um, heard from. Tina, Father, you are so on point. We really need, to, need you to come back, help us face the truth. Let's see somebody else we haven't taken yet. Um, Maria Lee's Challenger True. 
Sheila is watching. Cathal says, amen. Laurencia, good morning. Henrietta James, uh, so she's watching from Florida. Junie, I see you. Jean says, oh, yes, we need Father Albert's prayers. I know I do, too. Absolutely. We all need prayers. Joanne says, greetings from Texas. Tina Bell is here with us. Hello. Uh, someone else we haven't seen. Maslin Edwards, good morning. Simone, to your guest as well. I love that priest. Honestly, exclamation point. <laughs> he doesn't sugarcoat, exclamation point. God bless you, sir. Exclamation point. Maslin, we get it. You're very enthusiastic. Thank you for being here. Uh, Joyce Lynn George, we are too selfish. Let's see my mom, Medina Senhouse. Amen. Thank you, Father. We are all imperfect human beings working out our salvation Amen. every day. Alista Irish, I wish you could trade places with the so-called former bishop. Oh, Lord, um, Alista, let's <laughs> dial it down a little bit. But thank you for being here, Alista. Maslin says, speak, Father. Um, Elizabeth Thomas. Oh, how I love Father Albert. He is a realist. Tell it like it is, admitting that he too is imperfect and not pretend that he is unlike everyone else. I admire that. Not one who hides behind the vestments. Christine John Baptist, so true father. Let's see somebody else we haven't seen yet. Pam, living her life. McGloy is here. Thank you for being here, Pam. Clever Martin, watching from Antigua. I love his preaching. He's telling them how it is. You are listening to Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. If you live in Canada, the U.S., and the U.K., and are looking for Dominica products, including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts, and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on buydominicaonline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on buydominicaonline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to buydominicaonline.com and enjoy home away from home. Been listening to a pre recorded Facebook Live, YouTube Live interview with Father Albert Smith, and I think we can all see why he is such a powerful influence in the Catholic Church. So, again, for the rest of the interview, you can hop on over to our YouTube channel, uh, Push Past 10 on YouTube, uh, to see the entire interview. Or if you're on Facebook, you can also enter PUSHPAST10 on Facebook for the entire interview with Father Albert. And just a reminder, this episode of Untapped Potential is brought to you by Adams Healthcare. Adams Healthcare out of Dominica, uh, specializing in specialized treatments and specialized programs for women, men, and children. So again, we thank Adams Healthcare for their sponsorship of this program. And as we move along here in the program, um, our tip of the week is going to be from, let's see, calendar.com, C-A-L-E-N-D-A-R.com, calendar.com. And I was thinking, you know, it's starting to get a little bit chilly. It's starting to get a little bit cold here in the U.S. So how do we stay motivated? 
in the winter. So the name of this particular article, How to Stay Motivated in the Winter, brought to you by Calendar.com. And it begins by saying, for many of us, it has felt like winter for a couple of months. So this article was written back in December 21st, 2021. So it begins by saying, for many of us, it has felt like winter for a couple of months. Unfortunately, not everyone experiences a winter wonderland during the chilly months of the year. For many, winter is the most challenging time to stay motivated and productive, regardless, regardless what carries on as usual. Let's take that again. Regardless, work carries on as usual and workers need to keep on top of their game no matter the season. Staying motivated throughout the winter will take a little extra effort on your part. Luckily, winter only lasts so long. With the following tips, you should be able to maintain your productivity until spring without any issue. So it goes through several very important points, but it says, make light a priority. One of the biggest triggers of seasonal depression is lack of sunshine. The presence of light subconsciously lifts up your spirits and boosts your motivation. Unfortunately, with fewer hours of sunlight in winter, it's more difficult for many people to remain positive and productive throughout the entire season. Take advantage of those few hours of sunlight that are available. Pull back the drapes, face the window, and brave the cold for the occasional walk. Even a little bit of natural sunlight will make a massive difference in your winter motivation. If getting natural sunlight proves to be difficult, try some artificial light. For example, you can purchase a small desk lamp that works as an artificial sun. It might not seem like much, but the additional light will help you start each day off on the right foot. Then another very important point that they make in this article is manage your temperature. In addition to the amount of light you get during the winter, regulating your temperature is part of your environment you need to stay on top of. If your body is shivering in the cold, you'll have a hard time focusing on your daily to-do list. In addition, being cold has been proven to, to stunt productivity. On the opposite end, being too warm can make you feel sluggish and work just as slowly as if you were battling the cold. So make sure that by keeping warm, you're not too cozy that productivity is too far out of reach. Otherwise, you're just replacing one extreme with the other. Managing your temperature goes beyond adjusting the thermostat. For example, you might love cuddling up at your desk with a warm blanket. But is that making you feel productive or snoozy? You might need to opt for a nice sweater and some cozy socks to stay warm without uh, falling into a trance. So some very good information. And again, this is from calendar.com. And the name of the article is How to Stay Motivated 
in the winter. So some other points that they consider, create plans and goals for the summer, schedule time for what you love, remember to exercise. So some really great pointers with regards to how to stay motivated as we come closer and closer to the winter months of December, January, uh, January and February. So again, thank you for being here for another episode of Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. Uh, don't forget this uh, episode was brought to you through the kind compliments of Adams Healthcare in Dominica. Um, you can visit them on Facebook, um, um, Adams Healthcare on Facebook, uh, as well as by simply Googling their name to get in touch with them. So again, Adams Healthcare in Dominica, we want to thank you for your sponsorship of this program. So don't forget to check out pushpast10.com, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T-1-0.com for all the best of information with regards to how we as a Caribbean and Dominica community are continuing to advance our region with regards to our featured video this week. You know, I thought we would keep the cultural videos for just a little bit longer. I find that once October is over, November 3rd has gone by in Independence Day in Dominica has gone by. We sort of, we sort of forget about celebrating our culture, but I think it is so important to continue to celebrate who we are. So I think I will keep the featured videos as our cultural videos up for just a little bit longer so you can enjoy all celebrating all that makes us uniquely Dominican, uniquely Caribbean. So again, it is great to be here with you for another episode of Untapped Potential. Don't forget, we are here every Tuesday on TDN Radio uh, at 5.30 Eastern Standard Time. And I think the clock is getting ready to change. So we have to keep that in mind for those of us who live outside of the US and Canada. So again, thank you for being here. Don't forget your life story is your strength. Remember, Remember to tap into your potential and remember to stay strong, stay positive, stay engaged and stay active until we meet right back here on TDN Radio for another episode of Untapped Potential. You have yourself a productive week.